You're listening to the Systems Amy podcast episode number 279. Today, we're going to be talking about how a brand foundation can streamline your systems. So stay tuned. Hey, I'm Jordan, and my business love language is efficiency, because who doesn't want to sip pina coladas on the beach while your business runs on autopilot? We're here to help overworked one-woman shows become streamlined solopreneurs. And now with over 150,000 downloads, this is the System Save Me podcast. Hello, hello. I'm so excited to bring this guest here with you today. I bought her workbook and her business's workbook many, many moons ago, um, knowing that one day I would actually go through it because me and Brandon have an interesting relationship. And so I was able to pull it out. Um, as you all know, I had a, a rebrand in 2020 and it was awesome to get to go through and journal and really dive deeper into who I am, who my business is, and how that can be portrayed visually and emotionally out there in the world, which was super fun. And so today's guest is Miss Kathleen Shannon of Braid Creative. And I'm just so, so excited and thrilled to have her on the podcast. So Kathleen, how are you today? I'm so good. Thanks for having me, Jordan. I'm excited to be here with you today. Yes, me too, me too. So before we dive into our topic, go ahead and tell the listeners if they've been living under a rock and don't know who you are, tell them a little bit about you and your business. Sure. So my name is Kathleen Shannon, and I am the co-founder and creative director at Braid Creative, which is a branding agency. We help organizations and creative entrepreneurs blend more of their personality into their brand. So really thinking about who they are and what they value, even if they don't have a personal brand, you know, really getting some personality in there because people do hire from people. And then some of your audience of their podcast listeners might know me from the podcast Being Boss. I was formerly the co-host and co-founder of Being Boss and also wrote the book Being Boss, Take Control of Your Work and Live Life on Your Terms. Yes. And you can, we'll have all the links to the book and to the past podcasts as well. If you want to check out the archives and whatnot, as Emily is now still the, now the host of the podcast and has carried it on along. But today we are talking about how a brand foundation can streamline your systems, which I'm super stoked about and truly have felt the power of this just again, last year when I did the rebrand of System Save Me. And so I'm really excited to have this conversation with Kathleen, who is a total powerhouse with all things branding. And so Kathleen, talk to us a little bit about what your clients' businesses are like before they've actually put in a brand foundation. What are their businesses look, feel, smell like, all the things? (laughs) Right. So a lot of my clients are ones that have maybe been around for a couple of years and they've been using things like Squarespace and Instagram and cobbling things together as they can, but really want to take their brand to the next level by understanding and clarifying and articulating who their dream customer is so they can speak directly to that person. They want to be able to clearly articulate their offering. They want to be able to attract their dream customer. And they just want to be able to do it all with consistency and confidence and without any sort of website shame to just feel like people are going to show up and feel like, yes, I want to hire this person. A lot of times it's people who want to 
take their brand to the next level by sharing content. So maybe they want to write a book or launch a podcast. Maybe they want to start speaking more from a stage or host workshops or webinars. So they're really wanting to do things where they're showing up more and putting themselves out there. And so a lot of my clients, you know, we work with a lot of life coaches and we work with a lot of creative entrepreneurs from, you know, consultants to therapists to, you know, physical trainers. But we also work with, you know, creative entrepreneurs who are photographers or they are candle makers or videographers or website designers and developers. And they're really just wanting to hone in on their message and have a brand that looks and feels like them. They want it to, you know, just like you want to decorate your house in a way that feels like home. You want to create a brand that feels like a place where you can really park your expertise and really highlight what it is that you want to be known for. Yeah, totally. And that's exactly why I did the rebrand was because what I was putting out there really didn't match. It didn't feel like it, you know, resonated and exuded the values that my business had. And so, you know, if you are feeling that sort of mismatch, then this is going to be a super great podcast for you to really get familiar with who you are, who your business is. And again, how that can relate to, you know, how your systems can become more streamlined, because again, your systems match the values that you're putting out there. Um, And if that isn't, happening, then we need to get those things aligned. So with that being said, start to kind of identify those ingredients, if you will, that are part of a brand foundation. Well, I'll get into a little bit of the, you know, the different aspects that you want to look at to really make sure that you're being clear and articulate. So one of the first things that I might ask a listener or someone who's going through a branding process with me to look at is what do you want people to know, do, and feel? So let's break that down a little bit. No, I want you to really know what it is that you're offering. Now, you would think that this is pretty obvious. If you are an entrepreneur and you're selling something, then there has to be that exchange. You have to be able to talk about it, but you would be surprised how many people are tailoring their offerings based on what their client needs. And I really recommend having a signature offering that then you can kind of hub out from there. So maybe you're, you know, all la carding things from that signature offering, but really knowing what is the dream engagement for your client. Now, let's say you are someone like a candle maker, for example, you know, and you're just selling candles. Then what I want you to know is I want you to know what you want your clients to feel or your customers who are buying your candle. What do you want them to feel? Now, this also works for service providers. So if you're a coach or nutritionist or therapist, how do you want your clients to feel? And this is how they're going to feel after they're scrolling through your Instagram feed or after they read your newsletter Or after they work with you one-on-one, do they feel supported? Do they feel like you've got this tough love vibe, but that really worked for them? Do they feel like buying your candle gives them a sense of coziness through like the winter sads? So really think about what it is that you want them to feel. And then what do you want them to do? It's so surprising to see so many creative entrepreneurs kind of talk about their stuff in a really vague way and then never tell people how to hire them. So be sure to tell people what you want them to do next. And then even after they hire you, 
and maybe your engagement is complete and you've been working on six months of coaching together. What do you want them to do next after that? Always be thinking about your customer pipeline, but not just through a systems way, but through a branded storytelling way. Um, the other thing that I always want people to think about whenever they're thinking about their branding, and this is scary for some people, but I know that you can do it, or at least get out your journal and start taking notes, is to get specific. So you're going to get specific about two things. One, get specific about what you do. And then two, get specific about who your customer is. Now, I'm going to admit here, I'm seeing a trend especially coming out of, you know, pandemic times, not that we're necessarily out of the woods yet, but I'm finding that a lot of, I feel this renaissance coming on where expertise isn't going to be quite as necessary as it once was. And people are going to be more about like a new renaissance where people are really going to be embracing being a jack of all trades. But whenever it comes to your brand, you have to think about what it is that you want to be known for. And if you can narrow in on what your niche is, that is golden. That is how you're going to build trust with people who are hesitant to hand over any money right now to hire out anything. It's how you're going to build out trust and it's how you're going to let people know that you are for them. Um, So one way that you might think about getting specific is imagining if you wrote a book. Now, maybe some of your listeners have actually written a book or even written an outline for a talk, but think about if you were writing a book about your business and you had to write the chapters of the book and it's a how-to book. What are the chapters of your book? What are things that people are going to learn in each chapter? And what is maybe a story attached to each thing that they'll learn? The story is what really connects the concepts or the nuts and bolts of what you do to the emotions of your customers. Mm, Yeah, I think that you said so much goodness there. And I think that I love your like trend forecasting about expertise not being as, you know, valued in the marketplace and really looking at people who can give you a few, you know, different varieties of kind of the jack of all trades opportunities. And I also think that too, the two core things that have to be rooted in certainty are like, again, how you help somebody with a transformation service offering, whatever, and then who it is that you serve. And that's always been the case in business. If you can't say what you do and who you serve, then you're going to lose people. Right. And I think that that's never going to go away. (laughs) It's like going to be business one-on-one forever, but it can trip you up sometimes. And as you grow to new levels, even, or want to try different service offerings, you know, it can have you revisiting those things fairly often, but it is crucial for those to be rooted in certainty for sure. So, okay, well, what is next after that, after you've kind of- Well, I wanted to illustrate real quick to an example of how being a jack of all trades can still kind of come under a brand umbrella. So brand umbrella is a term that I use to think about what is that overarching kind of common denominator? What is the glue that brings all of the things that you do together? So for example, I was actually just talking to my website developer the other day, and he was also the podcast producer for Being Boss and edited all the shows and helped us upload everything to the web. But he's also an incredible website developer. And so 
I was talking to him yesterday about my own website and what his vision is for moving forward. And he was like, yeah, I'm trying to figure out like, how do I just become a podcast producer? But I love developing websites. And I said, what if you niche yourself as a website developer and podcast producer for companies that use podcasting as like a main content, you know, hub, like you can then really integrate podcasting into the web development and highlight it. And you know how to do that. And he's like, oh my gosh, I never thought about that. So niching with creative entrepreneurs who really use podcasting, but also need an online presence. Yeah, that's a great way to, to identify how you can kind of marry a couple different skills that you have into one that makes sense. And that isn't like, you know, I make cupcakes, but I also can build your house. And it's like, okay, right. <laughs> what's right. happening here? Maybe that one would be like, I build houses that look like cupcakes. I don't know, but <laughs> you can get real creative with that. So, all right. Well, what's next after? Yeah. After so another thing that I really want you to think about whenever it comes to your offering is how does it change your customer? So again, whether that's mm-hmm. buying a candle or life coaching somebody, how does what you do change them? So one exercise, I love some exercises. I love putting pen to paper. So that's a big system that I use all the time is to draw a line down a piece of paper and on the left side, write down before and on the right side, write down after. Before they hire you, before they buy your product, what is their life like? You know, what challenges do they have? What are their problems? And then on the right-hand side, you're going to write down how your service or product has changed them. What are they like after they engage with you? And really also another thing that you might think about is how do the people that hire you talk to their friends and colleagues about you? So a lot of this is I'm a really firm believer in branding yourself to what it is that you like and what you do and what you want. I know that a lot of branding professionals really like to think about the customer avatar and really, you know, it doesn't matter what you like or think. The only thing that matters is the customer. I kind of disagree with that because I think if you are speaking to your values and your desires and what it is that you like and your aesthetic, you're going to attract more people who are the perfect fit for you. So really think about, you know, that whenever you are, creating your brand story or creating your positioning statement. But it is important to think about, I know that some people get embarrassed thinking about their titles. So for me, for example, you know, I'm a creative director at Braid Creative. I'm a co-founder. I'm a boss. But sometimes I simply say I'm a graphic designer because that's what I'm doing. And so sometimes it really is meeting people where they're at with their language of how they might describe you to their friend. So whenever you're thinking about your brand, you're not only thinking about what you want to populate your website with, you're also thinking about giving people language so that they can talk about you easily. And a lot of that just comes through consistency and repetition. You're going to feel like you're saying the same things over and over again. And if you are, you're doing it right. Mm. Can you give examples of, again, companies that are doing it right, that we don't even notice that, you know, it's really happening, but how that repetition has 
caused us to either fall in love with that brand or use that brand all the time. Like I'm thinking of like Nike, how many times do we hear, just do it. Do we see, just do it. Just do it is everywhere. If somebody says those three words, it usually is like Nike afterwards. So uh, do you have any examples? It could be also of clients too, that have found, you know, their own version of just do it, but would love to hear some examples. Yeah, sure. One of my more well-known clients is Dr. Brene Brown, and she is a master at knowing her stories and speaking these like tweetable moments whenever she's doing a podcast or filming a Netflix show. And so whenever I first started working with her almost probably 10 years ago, she said, I want to create a national conversation around shame and vulnerability. And at the time that was not a national conversation that it's now a global conversation. Right. And because she never pivoted away from being known for that, which is I remember at the time she was like, this is a pretty depressing thing to be known for, but she never shied away from it. And so I think that also for a lot of companies, just think about people that you you're following on Instagram who are always offering the same thing. You know, some other people that I think of that do a really great job of this is, you know, on a smaller scale, because not all of us have the, you know, the money behind us that Nike has. Let's bring it a little bit smaller and think about the creative entrepreneurs you follow. So I'm thinking about even people like Marie Forleo who have a YouTube channel and it's always the same background. You know, even little things like that can be brand signals that give you something to rely on and it creates this sense of familiarity. Or, you know, there's also, again, like bigger brands like Oprah, like we all know Oprah's sayings and she's left us with things that like even the way that she, you know, gets excited about whenever she's sharing a giveaway or whatever it is, we can all hear her voice in our head. So little things like that even, or I'm thinking about, you know, Chip and Joanna Gaines from Fixer Upper. They have created within their personal brands, this dynamic with each other. And it's given us something to rely on. And I'm sure that they have their kind of catchphrases as well. Have you been hearing all the buzz about VIP days or one day virtual intensives? and want to create one for your business, but have no idea where to start, head over to systemsamey.com slash quiz and take our new 60 second quiz to determine what kind of VIP day you should create. You'll get a detailed report with action items and exclusive structuring tips straight from the mouths of successful VIP day business owners. Ready to take back control over your schedule, your energy, and your income? A VIP day might just be the way to do it. Get started today at systemsamey.com slash quiz. One more time, that's systemsamey.com slash quiz. That's so helpful about even the background of Marie Forleo. Like it doesn't have to be a statement, but it could be, you know, again, the background of videos or even like certain color combinations, right? Like I think of uh, Starbucks with their green straw, like even if somebody else some coffee shop, I'm sure multiple coffee shops have green straws, but if I see a green straw, I'm going to think Starbucks, right? So exactly, uh, I like that it can look different for different companies. So that's super fun to kind of chew on for sure. And what else? What's another ingredient that we can start to really untangle and journal about? 
Yeah. So of course there is the look and feel. So you're talking about the Starbucks green straw. Starbucks has not deviated from that color palette. Well, they'll have their promotional campaigns, but now we even know that red cup during the holidays as Starbucks as well. And that's important for you as well. I find that a lot of creatives, you know, are trying to, or not even people that consider themselves creatives. It could literally be, I had an accountant client and I found that she was trying to reinvent the wheel a lot with her creative look and feel by playing around with fonts and colors on Canva and certainly doing the best that you can with what you have is great. But if you can narrow in on a few colors and a couple of fonts. If you're DIYing it, this will help create consistency. And whenever people are scrolling through their feed, like they do, they're going to know it's you before they even look at the name. I think that we've all had that experience on Instagram where we're scrolling and we just know it's somebody based on the style and the tone and the feel. So really think about that. What I would really recommend for this, for anyone who is interested in branding, is to go on Pinterest and start to create a mood board. You can even find Braid Creative on Pinterest. I have nothing to sell here (laughs) regarding Pinterest, but I'm pinning a lot of stuff all the time. Like if you need a good starting point and just start pinning different, start a, a board that says branding and just start pinning things and don't try and overthink it. Just pin anything that catches your eye. And then once you've maybe done, let's say, 100 pins to your mood board, then you can start to look at patterns. What kind of colors are you attracted to? What kind of textures are you attracted to? Are there any themes that are coming up? Are you pinning a lot of you know nature elements like water or mountains or sun or cactuses? Are you pinning a lot of the same color? What color palette is starting to come up? Um, Whenever it comes to typography, you know, is it really simple, clean type or is it maybe something more traditional? Is it a little bit more whimsy? Do you have some script fonts in there? Really look at what you are attracted to so that you can then start to develop a visual language of where you want to go next. And then from there, it is about just being consistent and trying not to get sick of your own colors or fonts and really using them in all the places. And so doing a brand audit of every place where you show up. So if you have a YouTube channel and you have an intro, can you make that intro slide more like you? If you have an online workshop, you know, what do the course materials in there look like? What does your Instagram feed look like? What does your website look like? If you have a physical location or business cards, Um, What do those things look like? And really bringing some consistency across all of those will do a lot of good. Mm, Yeah. What does happen, you know, with consistency of everything, you know, there can be those lulls. So what would you suggest if someone maybe has done the work or, you know, when they get to the point of, oh, I want to change my colors and change my website and do all the things, what do you suggest to either let them know it is time to change or pivot because there is an adjustment that is necessary for the brand or if this is just them looking for something to kind of tinker with? (laughs) 
Right. That's a great question. And it's a tricky one because branding can be an investment. I would say that if you've been DIYing it for a while and you're looking at your website and you just want it to feel more polished, it might be time to hire a professional to look at it and bring it all together for you. Um, So that's one option. Another option is really to think about glowing up your brand and your brand, it should evolve with you. And that might include minor tweaks along the way. So maybe new photography can do wonders to freshen up your brand without having to change your logo and change your colors. So I would say scheduling a branded photo shoot every year if it's possible, but at least every two years is great. If you are kind of a lifestyle brand, probably once a quarter would be great. I know some people who have a photographer on retainer monthly to come and take new shots. And these are great for even batching and posting to your Instagram. So yeah, back to systems. Whenever you do have a solid and cohesive brand, you can start to batch your Instagram posts. You can you know, get everything all out at once. You can batch your slides to your YouTube channel. You can start to create a lot of consistency there. What else, if you're kind of feeling like you want to freshen up your brand? Oh, if you are doing a launch, you can always use, you can always think of like a promotional campaign as a time that you can deviate from your brand. So along with working with creative entrepreneurs and personal brands, I also do work for layered organizations like higher education or even banks and credit unions. And so they're really good at doing promotional campaigns, whether it's a recruitment campaign or a specific campaign for a product that they're offering. Like, let's say if it's a credit union and they're offering mortgage loans, one thing that they're really great at is thinking about making those campaigns fresh and fun. And I think that this is a concept that creative entrepreneurs can do as well. So let's say you're launching a workshop. Think about that workshop as having a sub brand within your brand umbrella. And so if you're launching your workshop in the fall, maybe it's kind of a back to school theme. Or if you're launching it, you know, around New Year's, It's maybe um, harnessing that new year energy. And so how can you do that? Think about ways that you can integrate that, but try and bring over a couple of elements from your brand so that it does still feel cohesive. So maybe it's a fun theme, but you're using the same fonts or you're bringing in one color, but adding in a new accent color. And then beyond that, just about an evolving brand, I mean... A lot of our clients hire us whenever they have new opportunities, like they're wanting to pitch agents to write a book, or they're kind of tweaking who their dream customer is. They've been doing the work for a while, and they want to narrow in on that dream customer and speak more to them. You can use that as an opportunity to really invest in your brand and to start to evolve it along the way. Yeah, no, I think that is really good. And I like the opportunity that like new campaigns bring you. Yeah. Like if you have, you know, a conference or summit or new podcast or whatever, you can add in a different color or change up a little something so that it's still cohesive, but you can kind of play a little bit because it's an extension of your brand. So I like that a lot. And I think sometimes that stuff sticks, you know, and I've also Mm -hmm. seen people who've had a lot of success with a very specific launch or product. And that almost then turns into their brand, you know, so for example, Mm -hmm. Jordan, I don't know your entire branding history, but let's say you're 
you're previously under your name and then you started the podcast system saved me. And then you're like, you know what? This is actually really working. Maybe this should be my entire brand. I see people do that a lot, especially with podcasts, like people launching podcasts and using a new name for that. And then that kind of becomes who they are. I mean, it's like, you know me, Kathleen, that's exactly what happened (laughs) is I had a completely different business name and then my podcast was doing so well. And I was like, well, we're just going to switch it to the podcast name because that's what people refer to me to as anyway. So, which is (laughs) great. It's a great time to do that. And that's another thing that I would say is I've seen people hang on to old brands for too long because they're scared that they have too much brand equity in that. And I wouldn't necessarily worry about that. I think that there is a way to do a rollout that is makes sense. You know, you're probably more freaked out about it than anybody else is going to notice. Nobody else is even really going to notice, or you're going to start attracting so many new clients, a new audience, and a new following under the new name because you have a solid vision that it doesn't matter that maybe a hundred people are confused whenever you made the switch over or that you lost a couple of people because they feel like you're no longer necessarily for them. Yeah. Oh, that's totally true. And yeah, I know that you are connected to Tara McMullen, who was formerly Tara Gentilly. And with I'm about to get married and the name change thing, I'm like, oh gosh, is that going to like confuse people? What happens now? All this stuff. But then I saw Tara do it and was like, oh, like, it's not that big of a deal. Like she just, you know, you just change it and and people can still follow you and find you. And there can be a transitional period for that. So so yeah, I can look a bunch of different ways which I agree with. So what would you say to somebody who is interested? Okay, cool. All this sounds fun and like, great. And how do you, I guess, with the journaling and Pinterest board and all that stuff, how do you determine what's like the next best step for them to start after this podcast is, okay, I think branding is a direction and a focus that I want to take. What's that first thing that you would suggest that they do? The first thing that I would suggest that they do is do a brand audit. So literally print, if you have a printer, it seems a little old school now, (laughs) but print off all the places that your brand shows up. So maybe you're screen capturing your Instagram feed and you are printing off your website and you're printing off your business cards or, you know, gathering all the different assets that you have and really notice where you're showing up. And so you're going to look at the look and feel of everything, but also look at your social media descriptions, you know, like in your profile, really audit all of the places and notice are things consistent? You know, is this saying what I want to say? Where are there disconnects? Where could it be confusing to my dream client? So once you have an audit, then you start to know, okay, what are the first three things that I want to update? Like, what are the first three things that I can really shore up, whether it's my messaging and positioning and kind of developing an elevator pitch and a brand story and a logo that looks and feels like me, where am I going to put that first? So really think about that. And then from there, it might mean that you're needing some help, you know, so from there, you might hire a branding professional or a graphic designer or a copywriting professional. Um, You might be hiring a team or an agency like mine or an individual who is just really helping you because you've printed all of your stuff up and you see, okay, I love what I'm saying here. I really just need a new logo. Then at least you know what it is that you need. So that's what I would do first is really just audit what you have. Take stock of where you're at 
and then see what you would want to update first and then start to dream about what that would give you the confidence to do. I think that branding really does give you the confidence to then launch that online course or to build that online community or to pitch yourself to agents so that you can write a book or give a talk or finally launch that YouTube channel or publish that podcast. I start to get dreamy about if you felt confident in your brand, what would you launch next? And I think that will give you the motivation to then either invest the time or energy and money in rebranding or elevating your brand. Mm, Yeah, that's so perfect. I I really like that question. And yeah, audits are always good. Determine where it's going to be best. Your energy is going to be best spent um, 100%. So with that being said, we are obviously the System Saving Podcast and we love to geek out about tools and system. So what are some tools that you use in your business that you absolutely could not live without? Okay. I'm a little bit old school whenever it comes to systems. I'm a little bit embarrassed talking to you about systems because I am kind of bare bones basic, but the things that I use and love that work for me and might not work for everybody, but one is Google Docs. I know that this is like pretty basic, but Google Docs really allows me to collaborate with my team. So we have our to-do lists in Google Docs. We are writing brand platforms there. I wrote my entire book with Emily over Google Doc. And what I love about it is just the real-time editing. I can hop on Zoom. So of course, Zoom. And it's so fun that everyone knows what Zoom is now since the pandemic. I know. But I can hop on Zoom with somebody from wherever and get into a Google Doc and start hashing out plans. And beyond Google, I really love using Asana for project management. I've tried a couple of systems. And again, I don't think that there's any right or wrong system. It's just using what works for you. But there is something about Asana and especially pro tip, the calendar view in it to look at my tasks and move them around is really helpful. And then beyond that, I use later.com. I'm not sponsored by any of these people, by the way. I feel like (laughs) I should disclose that. But I use later.com for Instagram for scheduling out my Instagram posts. And I know that some people use other like Hootsuite or other systems like that. I'm sure that there are some that are more robust. But again, later is just the one that has worked best for me. Yeah. I love that. And yeah, we use later as well. So um, we use a lot of those things. So yeah, I love the simplicity of systems. And again, you can play, I love to play around with all of them, but yeah, when it comes down to it, like the, the tools that we use consistently are a lot of the simple ones. So can't poo poo on, on those for sure. So uh, tell the listeners about the, not only the blog post, but also a guide that you have for them to really uh, look at if they are ready to take the next step. Yeah. So I have a guide called um, seven ways to brand you and what you do. And it's just kind of the overarching philosophy of the way that braid creative approaches branding and really creating a personal brand and an offering that will attract your dream clients, but also help you be clear and authentic in your own brand. 
And then that comes with like a freebie download, no email required. I actually removed all the opt-ins from my website. If you want to be on my newsletter list, cool. If not, that's okay. You can download the PDFs without it. And then I know I was mentioning this to you before the show, but we were talking about the brand audit. I do have a branding checklist on my blog. So if you go to the Braid Creative blog and just in the search bar, Um, write in branding checklist, you'll be able to find it there. But we have a ton of blog posts that are super helpful and dive into branding topics. And I think that's also a great place to start. Yeah, for sure. We'll have all the links in the show notes, including where else people can find you. So obviously you mentioned the website. Are you active on any social media? Tell people how they can connect. Sure. I am personally active on Instagram and you're welcome to follow me there professionally at Braid Creative, but personally I'm on there every day. So I'm on Instagram. It's at and Kathleen and that's probably the best place along with our website and just signing up for our newsletter at braidcreative.com. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, we, again, we'll have all the links in the show notes and description. Kathleen, thank you so, so much for coming on the podcast today. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Jordan. Thanks for listening to the System Save Me podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes or send a screenshot on Instagram while tagging us at System Saved Me.